in today's show. We're looking ahead to Wednesday. There are 13 games on Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by PrizePix. Check out PrizePix.com and use the promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Here we are. Tuesday's games, there's only two of them, but we're going to look ahead to Wednesday, where there are 13 games on. That is a lot. Some may suggest too many. In fact, everyone should suggest that's too many. It's too many games for a day, but here we are. First game, Magic Sixes, Jalen Suggs. I've been impressed with what I have seen since he returned from his thumb injury. I've been less than impressed in the fact he's playing 21 minutes a night. No need to do that, Orlando. You should play him 30 a night. Um, let's see if it changes. Do we get a marginalization of Gary Harris and Terrence Ross to enable Suggs to get back to 30, like he was playing before he got hurt? I think he's worth a 12-team league look, Suggsy, um, but I'd like to see those minutes go up. I'd also like to watch the uh, brother of their prize rookie, Flaming Mo Wagner. With Wendell Carter still dealing with a hamstring injury, we don't know whether Wendell is going to play in this game. With Mo Bumba dealing with, I don't know, literally everything that seems to be wrong with him at all times, um, Wagner's been playing and been playing well and putting up some good scoring numbers. So let's see what he can do, especially if Carter does return. For the Sixers, they will be without Matisse Thybul, Danny Green, Shake Milton again. So Furkan Korkmaz is going to have a solid role. Can he be useful enough for 12-team leagues? Probably not. There is some streamability if this wasn't a game where every bloody team plays or a day where every team plays. I also want to watch Joel Embiid, who's been playing at a really high level. Um, We had some struggles to start the season with Embiid, but he's established himself back as a top 10 player and just watching him go and hopefully the, the shooting can maintain at a high level, but also he's just fun to watch. So let's just pay a little bit of attention to the increased form of Joel Embiid. For the Nets and the Wizards is the next game. We want to watch Kessler Edwards. With Kevin Durant out, he played a lot of minutes in the last game. Does that continue? I imagine it does. They have just ruled out uh, Nick Claxton for tomorrow's game as well. So there is opportunities there for the big fella, Dayron Sharp, to start once more and to have some value. And LaMarcus Aldridge also has value, as those guys will probably split minutes. I assume that Edwards gets the minutes over Cam Thomas again, but we know that Steve Nash does mix things up. He was starting bloody David Duke last, last week. Don't know why, but he was. And now Edwards is the flavor of the month slash day slash week. For the Wizards, last game, Thomas Bryant came out with a big usage and took on some more minutes and scored well in a game where Dan Gafford picked up four fouls in eight minutes. What is the plan? Are we going to get those 12 or 15 minutes of Gafford? What does Bryant play? Where does Harrell fit? That's going to be a consistent question with this Wizards team. I also want to watch Corey Kispert, not so much because I want to watch Corey Kispert, but more for the minutes distribution between him 
and say a Denny Avdia who was out of the rotation. Are they just prioritizing Kispert now? Can Kispert become a 16-team league three-point streamer? The impact there is is interesting, and it's it's weeded Aaron Holiday out of the rotation as well. Let's go to the next one. It is the Trailblazers and the Heat. It was not a good game for Anthony Simons last game. The usage took a big hit with CJ McCullum returning. We're not going to have Storm and Norman Powell back. He is doubtful for personal reasons, which is interesting after coming back from COVID. Um, but Ken Simons, who last game took a hit in usage, but also took a hit in efficiency, which you know the double whammies do influence our opinions a lot. So let's see what the shooting looks like, and let's see what the usage looks like for Simons. And then also Bob Covington. We're going to have no Larry Nance, and I am expecting Larry Nance to not return in January. And Covington's been putting up defensive stats at a huge, huge clip. Yeah, is he going to be able to reestablish himself as a starter? I think he will, and I think he already has. Um, But watching a little bit of that is interesting. Well, for Miami, they moved the winter soldier Max Struess to the bench, but they still played him starters minutes while Duncan Robinson played 20. Is that the new normal going forward for this team? Kyle Lowry is out again for personal reasons, so Gabe Vincent will get another start. But where does Struess fit? And then also the big fella, Omer Yetseven, out of the rotation last game. Will that be what they do again? Is it Deadman once more? There's still no Markeith Morris. But does I think you just drop Yetseven, no problem, right? No worries at all. It was the smallest, smallest chance of him being able to maintain 12-team league value when Bam returned. And then when you didn't get an even get a sniff of that, you got to drop him, all right? So... That's no problem. I just want to see whether they make any changes there and um, yeah, put him into the rotation at the expense of Deadman. I really, really doubt that, though, at this point, given the way they're running their rotations. But I don't doubt that Price Picks is something you guys are going to love. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy, and Price Picks has an exclusive offer. It's a no-brainer of an offer for listeners to this podcast. You get $50 for free. If a player in your first Price Picks entry scores, no, scores a single point, but you must use the code NBA. That's right. This is an exclusive offer available to locked on fans only who use the code NBA. Price Picks is the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. What you do, whatever the prop is, assists or points or threes, rebounds, fantasy points, whatever, you get two to five players and just pick an over under on their projection and you can win up to 10 times your entry fee. Simple as that. Price Picks also allows mixed sport entries. So use the award-winning app on both the App Store or on Google Play and get in there. Withdrawals are also safe and fast. So go to pricepicks.com today or use the app store and download the app or use the deposit and use the promo code NBA will get $50 free on your first Pricepicks entry scores a single point. That's right. All users that deposit and use the code NBA will get $50 free if your first Pricepicks entry scores a single point. Pricepicks is daily fantasy made easy. Hornet Celtics. PJ Washington Jr. is really struggling. I do not think that he is worth holding. Um... There's just too much. The upside's not high enough to deal with the downside. Lamelo Ball is off the injury report, so he should be playing. And Kelly Oubre is questionable. And Oubre returns. That puts a further dent, I think, into Washington's prospects. I want to see what Oubre's minutes are. If they're 28, then there is 12-team value. If it's 24, then probably not. For the Celtics, Al Horford, we're likely to get um, Rob Williams back. So Horford couldn't even you know, take advantage of Williams being out last game. He is trending to a drop. In a 10-team format, I would move on from Horford. In a 12, I would hold, but let's get another data point in here. Marcus Smart is officially questionable, so that could have an impact on Dennis Schroeder. But I also want to pay attention to Jason Tatum, who we know was disappointing to start the season, but I think people are still holding him to that disappointing standard, and he's been pretty good. They're putting up some pretty solid numbers, not probably to top eight, top nine numbers where some people thought he would be, 
but pushing back to the top 20 after a horrendous start to the season. So just watching him and having a little bit of appreciation for the improvements that he's made in his game throughout the season. The Timberwolves and the Hawks. I want to watch Jalen Noel and how the minutes go with him and Malik Beasley. Noel, I think, is outplaying Beasley most games. Beasley is having some better shooting nights, but Noel is just doing more across the board. How they distribute those minutes is a really interesting thing to me. And then Jaden McDaniels, whose minutes are down now, low 20s in the last two minutes, actually 19 and 21 minutes the last two games. He can be a streamer when you're looking for defensive stats, but that's really it. I don't see too much more with Jaden McDaniels. On to the Atlanta Hawks. Clint Capella is out. So you know what that means. It's time to fire up double O. Anyeka Okongwu. There'll be ups and downs in his production, no doubt about that, but he is a must-roster player. While Capella is out, Bogdanovich is also out, so we're looking at DeAndre Hunter, who put up some really good numbers the last couple of games. He can be a little bit wonky, but with the injury, he is a must-roster player for now, and then we'll see where that goes. Kevin Herter also a guy to benefit from that situation. In Memphis, we're still going to have Dylan Brooks sidelined. Brandon Clark is doing some really good things in low minutes. I would love for him to play 25 a night, but he doesn't actually have to at the moment. He's played 20 in each of the last two, and the production's been really solid, and he should be a 12-team league player. Also watch Ja Morant, who his minutes are down a little bit, 32 in each of the last three. Yeah, that's different from playing 34 or 35. And the production from Ja, while still really good, has dropped a little bit. He's like outside the top 50 over the last two weeks. I want to see what the minutes look like. Is there something that's just a little bit off with his game, some of his productions, just a little bit down? And I don't think it's really being mentioned that much. It's not enough to really care too much, but top 20 versus top 50 is a significant difference. For the Milwaukee Bucks, Chris Middleton is putting up great numbers, and I think he will continue to do that until Drew Holiday returns. Now, you've got the option of selling high if you can get a really high player back for Chris, or you just ride it out and bloody enjoy it. And I think in a lot of cases, enjoying it's going to be the right way to go. But watching what Middleton does with or without Drew Holiday is key. Also, Grayson Allen's playing a bit better. High minutes without Drew. I expect that they come down if Holiday does play, and there is a chance that he does return for this game on Wednesday. The Cavaliers and the Bulls. Rondo's out again. Lamar Stevens is dealing with knee soreness. He may or may not play, but I expect Okoro to start and play 30 minutes regardless of Stevens' status. Okoro had some good scoring last game on like 70 plus percent shooting, which of course is completely unrealistic for him or for anybody. And Okoro has value for those deeper formats, but I'm not looking at him as a 12-team league guy. While Kevin Love is back to the low minutes, but he played well last game. Good usage, good scoring, yeah, poor percentages, but some good numbers there for Love, who does remain, I think, a 12-team league must-roster player. Oops. Hit the wrong button there. Let's bring the uh, this side back up because we've got to talk about the Bulls. And they are once again without Zach Levine. And they are once again without Lonzo Ball. But they will get Alex Caruso back. So watching Ayo Desumnu's minutes, who's played 40 and 38 the last two games, is it Desumnu, is it Kobe White that takes the hit more with Caruso back? They can easily just wipe out the 23 minutes that Matt Thomas played last game and feel pretty confident about that, about you know, not losing too much there for the Dasumnu and White minutes. But watching Dasumnu, who's been excellent, he can be a streamer. I don't think I'd stream him on a 13-game day, but there is value there. And then watching Caruso, who I do think will be a 12-team league must-roster player uh, when he's back in action, which looks like it will be on Wednesday. Now, let's move to the Thunder and the Spurs. Darius Baisley started last game. I wouldn't say he played particularly well. He is only a streamer for blocks and rebounds, and that's it. He is not anywhere close to a must-roster 12-team league player. Lou Dort probably is, even though you're going to have plenty of issues with his shooting over the course of the season. No, my son is also named Bort. The usage has been good, but he does he's pretty wonky, he's pretty inconsistent, and he's not offering a huge amount outside of volume scoring, which is just wild to say for Lou Dort. 
For the San Antonio Spurs, you know I like Devin Vassell, but 27 minutes a night, I don't think is enough for him to be considered must roster at the moment. I need him playing 30 a night. The upside is there for him, and if you've got stash ability, he is a really good stash. I don't expect the Spurs make any sort of trade to open up minutes. Do they change things around and start him over McDermott? They absolutely should, but whether they will or not remains to be seen. So watching Vassell and watching how he plays is interesting to me. And then Yucca Pertle blew up last game against the Suns. Big numbers from Big Yuck. He is obviously a must-roster player. And I think you can build a little bit on this season and maybe take a bit more of a step forward as the season goes on. The Raptors and the Mavericks. We don't have Ken Birch playing. He's out, the big tree. Gaz Trent may be returning. He's questionable. So if Trent plays, how does that impact Boucher, who played 38 minutes last game? Or how does it impact the big sneeze, Precious Achua, who played 37 minutes last game? They've played gigantic, gigantic minutes, but 34 minutes have to come from somewhere. And there's literally no other player to take them away from. So it's going to come from Boucher and Achua. So there's 34 minutes that have to be moved out of those two guys playing time. Now, they've got a lot to give up there, but they could play 28 minutes a night here. And that's still not... If they both play 28 minutes, it's still not enough. Like Trent still has to get more minutes from somewhere else. So their numbers could drop pretty significantly. And watching how that gets handled by Nick Nurse will be interesting. For the Mavericks, I want to watch Tim Hardaway. Uh, maybe because I hate myself, I'm not sure. Um, but I want to see what his role is. I don't believe that he is a 12-team league player. You've heard me say that for literally weeks on end. Streamer, sure, no worries. But watching a little bit of his role will be interesting. And then Christos Porzingis, and in by extension, whether he plays with Maxi Kleber, what Maxi Kleber's minutes look like, what Dwight Powell looks like. And can Porzingis push over 30? He's looked really, really good. Nearly every game he's played this season is with big KP. But if you want to get strong like Christos Porzingis... Maybe you need some built bars. Instead of going and reaching for the sugary treats, why don't you get Jack Armstrong them out of your house? You don't need to have those high-calorie bars in your house. Get the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. That is built. Built is low in carbs, low in fat, low in sugar, low in calories, but high in taste and high in protein. The flavors are off the charts. They're amazing. So many great ones. Cookies and cream, I know that's the goat, but what's your favorite? You've got to have one. If you don't have one... Figure it out. Get yourself a mix box and do that by going to built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. Get yourself boxes and boxes of Built Bars. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever and they're built different. All right, let's look at the next game. It is the Rockets and the Jazz. I want to watch the wild thing. Jay Sean Tate. Even the wild thing's gone well. I can't do much about that. Um, He's been one of the most up and down players this season. A top 10 run, a top 200 run. I don't believe that he is a long-term core piece that they need to develop 30 minutes a night, and I don't think they believe that either. But he is at least a back-end 12-team league player. And then Jalen Green, yeah, came back, had a good game, a couple of good games after his hamstring, and then has just turned into, again, an inefficient points sort of stream guy who doesn't do much else. He's fine to hold if you think he's going to get better, but we haven't had any consistent information that tells us that that's going to happen, and he's just not contributing in enough areas for me. But I'd like to watch him again. I also want to watch um, Jordan Clarkson. J-O-R-D-A-N-C-L-A-R-K-S-O-N. What's wrong with me? I want to watch Tim Hardaway, Jalen Green, and Jordan Clarkson. Do I just want to watch shooting guards go out there and miss shots, apparently? Um, Clarko is really frustrating to watch, obviously. He has value for some teams, but it's not for everybody, and that's why he's not a must-roster player. He, at times, can be extraordinarily frustrating, I'm sure, as a Jazz fan, even as a fantasy basketball person. And then also Joe Ingles, who, at best, is an assist streamer and probably just for 14-team leagues as the Jazz get healthy. On to the next game. It is the Clippers and the Nuggets. There's quite a bit to watch for for the Clippers. I want to watch the Farmers Union, Amir Coffey. He's been playing really well, but if Luke Kennard does return, 
Where does that leave coffee? Where does that leave Canard? Where does it leave Bledsoe? Where does it leave Mann? Where does it leave Nico Batum? Just too many names to try and squeeze in there. Coffee's fine for now. I'm just a little worried about how they manage and distribute all those minutes. And then also Isaiah Hartenstein. Also, I want to watch the ridiculousness that is Tyron Lue's center rotation. He's going to play all three of them in the first half, allegedly, and then decide who the best two are and play those two in the second half. Just nonsense coaching. It just makes no sense. Hartenstein has, I think, proven nearly at all points this season that he is better than Serge Ibaka and arguably better than Ivica Zubats. 21 minutes a night for Hartenstein, and he's a must-roster player. I have zero confidence in him getting that every night, but I want to watch to see if that trend continues of him being the second center in the second half, because that will help us a little bit. For the Nuggets, the big stiffy Bones Highland has played 30-plus the last couple of games, and he's looked really good doing it. Austin Rivers is questionable, and I think if Rivers comes back, that's going to impact Highland. But can the doctor, can Michael Malone give Bones 30? Uh, I hope so. Aaron Gordon's been up and down. I don't think he's a must-roster player at all. He's fine to have at the back end of a roster, and he probably should be on someone's roster. So when I say must roster, my idea behind saying that is you have to have this guy. He's got to be a startable player. You've got to have him at all times. It's like, hey, he's fine. But is there actually any upside for him to blow up? And if you want to take a flyer on someone, like an Amir Coffey, say, and you had to drop Aaron Gordon to do it, like, no worries. Like, the chances of Coffey being top 90 are probably higher than what Gordon's are. But the, the chances of Gordon being a consistent top 130 player are way higher than Coffey's are if that makes any sense. Upside versus floor. Gordon's got a, a solid floor, but the, the floor basically touches the ceiling. That's sort of where he sits. And that's why we're still you know, cycling through to try and get the highest upside team in fantasy. Pistons and Kings. I want to watch Trey Lyles, whether Kelly Linick returns, how the Lyles and Flamengala, Elf Stewart's minutes look. Lyles is just not a good player. He's not a trustworthy player. Dwayne Casey's not a trustworthy coach. So that's a bad combination to see how all those guys go together. And the same goes with Corey Joseph, who's getting a lot of minutes and a lot of playing time and producing pretty well. Do they do anything to limit him on a back-to-back, which they did at the end of last season? I don't know. But I want to see how that all gets distributed. While for the Kings... Tyrese Halliburton will be out, so Terrence Davis will get another start, and he's a solid 12-team league guy. I also want to watch Chemezi Metu. We don't know whether Marvin Bagley's going to play. Metu is a very interesting player. I think if they're trading people, it's going to be Barnes, it's going to be Bagley, it might be Thompson, it might be Len. It's not going to be Metu. And I think Metu could become a starter on this team after the trade deadline. So he's an interesting stash, and especially if Bagley is out, he's got some streamability for right now. On to the, the last game of the night, that is the Pacers and the Lakers. Well, it's all about the dart, isn't it? Problem with my Google mobile. Google mobile. No, not the dark. Not the dark. Last game, without Miles Turner, he played 25 minutes. I am highly skeptical that's going to be the case every night, but we're bloody watching to see whether it happens. He's worth a grab just to see what goes on here. And same with Chris Duarte, with Malcolm Brogdon's Achilles being a consistent problem. Duarte played big minutes last game. Now, Brogdon's been out for a month, and Duarte hasn't really approached anything like what he did against the Clippers. But is it still at least worth grabbing to see what happens? Well, for the Lakers, they moved Malik Monk to the bench so they could start Avery Bradley and Trevor Ariza. Lol. Monk is still worth holding. He should play way more minutes than the 25 he's played in each of the last two, but they make bad decisions almost as frequently as they take a piss, the Lakers. So, yeah, I'd grab Monk and well, I'd make sure I'd hold on to him if I've got him. Stan Johnson was awesome against the Jazz. That is one out of the blue. And I don't think he's going to be that good offensively, but he is going to steal some minutes. So watching his role along with Trevor Ariza, do they go back and start Stan Johnson? Do they sign him to that full-time contract? I don't know. The back-to-back streams, it is really hard to stream, again, with anybody on this 13-game day. But we're looking at 
um, the Mavericks and the Pacers. So Duarte, Badadze, Brissett, Dwight Powell, Tory Craig, Joshy Green as stream options. If you do have the ability to stream on a Wednesday, Okongwu is the number one guy. He should be rostered regardless. Gallinari, we look at Nico Batum, Nasir Little, the big stiffy, Bones Highland, Terrence Davis, Rudy Gay, Corey Joseph, Desumnu, and Kessler Redwoods. For deeper leagues, all of those names, plus Gabe Vincent, Josh Richardson, Isaac Okoro, Furkan Korkmaz, Johnny Conchar, Goga Badadze, who you could probably stream in standards anyway, Dougie McDermott, Jalen Noel, O'Shea Brissett, and Troy Brown. And for points leagues, we're looking at Okongwu, Beverly, Herder, Diallo, Vassell, Aldridge, Gallinari, Highland, Clark, that's Brandon Clark and Nasir Little. I don't know what other Clark it would be. Gary Clark? No, it's Brandon Clark. That'll do it for us today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you're here on YouTube, thumb it up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.